I'm Susan Caruso, the founding director of Sunflower Creative Arts, and you are listening to the Sunflower Bridge podcast, where we talk about being with children. And I'm Lindsay Mills, the co-creator of Sunflower Bridge. Please take a breath and smile with us. Take a deep breath. (laughs) And hold it in for a second. (laughs) Yeah, and And exhale. Blow it all out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my. We have to remember that. There's a lot of things that we try to remember. And it's hard to keep it all in your brain all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. We need sometimes some mnemonic devices, one might say, (laughs) to help you remember and call up these tools that you learn along the way when you really need them. Right. And uh, at Sunflower, one of the pieces that we have always, um, you know, offered throughout these 30 years that we've been in operation is a strong parent support piece. The preschool is a parent cooperative. We support the parents by offering toolboxes for them where the parents come together and we share our topic and bring the, the research and the strategies and all the different pieces. And there's a real interactive piece so they get to explore how this topic affected them as a child mm-hmm. and with their own family of origin, all of those pieces and for them to get to share, to share their, their, um, uh, their relationship with the topic and ask questions. So it's a very interactive thing. And as we develop these over all these years, uh, a framework kept kind of coming back where we realized, especially once we started doing things online and we're looking to, to be, you know, give people some real um, tools within a framework that they might be able to remember. And we realized that the framework that kept popping up, that can be used in any situation, either as a, as a parent or in the workplace or in your personal relationships, um, these this framework, I think, works pretty well. And um, it's something that, that really stood out to us. So we would like to share it with you. It's really simple. It's four things. The framework is time, space, permission, and language. Those four ideas. And you can interpret them in a lot of different, sway, different ways. So time could be the time of the day or the amount of time you need for something or to give somebody somebody else time. It could be you that needs the time. You know, all of those things. But time pops up all the time. And, um, and space can, again, it can be about how you need the space to be. It can be creating a space, which you're going to talk about in a minute. Um, and then permission. What, what, what permission needs to happen? Sometimes it's just giving your permission to stop and listen, giving yourself permission to say, I don't know, let me get back to you on that. Or give yourself permission not to be so hard on yourself. Mm. Your permission to make a mistake and learn from it. Um, and then the last one is language. And everybody, if there's one thing that everybody always asks, well, how do I say that? What do I do? How can I say what? You know, so the language that you use to have a few catchphrases, a few things that apply to various situations is a good idea. So we always throw some language in there for you. I think it's so interesting to hear you describe 
how this framework emerged through those early toolboxes because I'm coming in, you know, about six or seven years ago into the Sunflower community uh, at that time just for the sing-along occasionally. But I even then I heard people say to each other and to me, well, what would Susan say? <laughs> what would Susan say right now? And and that refrain, I think, really speaks to that language piece that we all have role models and guides in our life that we look to. And those people have in some way at some time modeled for us how we would like to be. And so people witness the way that you are with children, the way that you hold space for parents and what they're going through. And I think that is an amazing tool to have in your toolkit is the words of a trusted elder, the words of somebody who has done this already, who's been there, done that, and can tell you from experience this works. So I love that we have developed this framework and now use it to ground conversations on a whole range of topics. Yeah, it's true, true. Boy, that makes me feel very proud to hear you say it in that way. <laughs> um, the thing is that, yes, we have we have our guides, and then you get the idea of the language, and, and having those tools, a specific phrase, it doesn't have to be that specific phrase all the time. It's it's You kind of use that, and that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I heard other people, you know, I had my own guides and heard what they said instead of what I knew I didn't want to say. And and then you use it maybe in exactly that way because you're, you don't have your own, you know, you, you throw it in there. Right. And then little by little, it becomes your own. You, you know, fake it's not, it till you make it. Exactly. <laughs> you, you totally fake it till you make it because it, it helps you to not say what first pops into your head, which might be something that, that, um, that could be, you know, cutting or it, it's just something that's popping out because that's what your appearance is. The knee jerk reaction mm-hmm. that yeah. none of us really wants to say, but in those moments of passion or anger or whatever you know, big emotion might be coming up for you, that's when it's the hardest to call up your tools and to be an enlightened version of yourself. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so to take a breath and, um, you know, I, I people have told us too, you know, they're like, okay, I'm shuffling the time, space, permission, and language. What tool, what do I need to use? And how, where is it, where is it coming from? Can I, can I draw it up? And, um, so it's, it's like, yeah, you shuffle those, you take a breath and then you say, okay, what can I use in this? What is needed in this situation? Mm-hmm. And kind of like what we say too, it's nothing, it's, it's in there. It's already when inside you, you already really do know, but in the heat of the moment, you're, you have big emotions and you can't think of what that, what that thing is that you really want to do with your child or in this situation mm-hmm. at that any given moment. Right, because of a habit, because of a pre-existing neural pathway, if we're really getting scientific right, about it. Right, there you go. <laughs> anything that you experienced that was intense or uh, formative as a child yourself, the way that you, you were parented and the way that the grown-ups around you were, you carry that forward, and it is the work of 
growing up, I would argue, to uh, reflect on those things and in time to choose what you liked about it, what you didn't like, and what what you want to carry forward and what you want to leave behind. We talk about that so much with parents who move through Sunflower Bridge programs where mm-hmm. we remind them constantly, you have a strong intuition that wants to help you and that knows how you should act and what you should say in any given moment. But it's overriding the knee jerk and and bolstering your toolkit over years, most likely, that leads to you eventually being able to respond in a more thoughtful way. Right. And choosing. Yes. So it's that intentionality, mm-hmm. you know, being able to choose and to, to draw up. And that's what we want for our children, too. And, of course, developmentally, it takes some time. And even developmentally within us, it's going to take time. So you've got to be kind to yourself. So let's give everybody an example through our our most important thing, play. Yes, and let's, so do let's, let's do it. <laughs> okay, so beginning with time, I think you already started to say it, that it takes time to form a new habit. Just that. It acknowledging it will take time. To kind of change your mindset because if you you know, if we use play as the example, um, you know, when you how do you define play? Maybe you define play as playing tennis or playing video games or playing soccer. And so to change the mindset which is what we're doing because we are all about play and understanding the importance and the value and all of the many, many benefits of play. So it's a shift. It's not just a sports kind of playing or even us as playing musicians, playing an instrument. It, it, can, it can encompass that, but it's much more than that. And so to change your mindset around play, that takes time. That takes experiential learning to really see what happens and, um, and to see the impact on your child and how they are driven to learn through play. And you can't, you can't stop it. And how do you get out of the way? So all of that thinking takes some time to, to understand and to then to be able to put that value on play for your children, for your family. Yeah. A great example just came to mind this idea of uh, an hour of screen time being balanced with an hour of outside time. Right. That's Richard Louvre. Um, and uh, he, he says that probably in his, you know, nature principle book, Yes, which is, you know, you're not going to get rid of technology, but you need to balance it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so there's two kind of dimensions to that. I think there's the literal time and, uh, and making an, an intention, setting an intention within yourself and as a family that this is something we want and we want to begin trying to balance screen time with outside time. And so setting that intention is one part of it, but then putting it into practice is the other part of it. Mm -hmm. And it is 
literal time. It is uh, taking it out of the conceptual and into the actual. Mm-hmm. An hour for an hour. Mm-hmm. Two hours for two hours. Right. And what does that look like in a realistic way for your family? Right. Yeah. So lots of things around time. Mm-hmm. And then space. With space, I always think first in in regards to play of yes spaces. This is a concept that you taught me where children are inclined to play no matter where they are. And if you are the type of housekeeper who... <laughs> who wants the white couch to be spotless and wants uh, no paint on the floor and no Play-Doh in the tile grout, you know, <laughs> there's there's going to be a lot of running around saying no. Mm-hmm. And I've known people who have that, that desire for a lot of cleanliness in their home who end up embattled with their child all the time and it doesn't feel good for either of them Mm -hmm. and so what we uh, suggest to a parent who is experiencing that tug of war with their child is to choose one space no matter how small even if it's a corner or under the dining room table Mm -hmm. at certain Mm -hmm. hours of the day where it is a total yes and where your child knows that the materials in that space and that space itself are for their play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I, I love the idea of of under the table. Can't you just picture kids under there? That's not to say that you're going to let them paint under there. You still get to decide what <laughs> what materials will be there. But um, so awesome. And then of course outside. Uh, to you know, it can the outside can be the space where it's always yes. That's what's so wonderful about being in in natural settings. Mm-hmm. So many, you know, there, there's there's so much to play with. There's enough for everybody, and it just feels so good. Right? Yes, have. abundance, and with siblings, that can be such a a boon to be able to send them on outside and. And create more space for a conflict to play out. More space for each child to have their own play going on where they're not crowding each other. There's so a lot of different ways to conceive of space as well. Mm-hmm. And so you can use the first two, time and space, if the energy is going down, down the tubes and it's you know, close to dinner time, everybody's cranky and hungry and everything. It might be a really good idea to say, I'm going to take this time to get everybody to the beach or to the ball field (laughs) or to the park. We're going to pick up some sandwiches on the way. And so there's time and space for changing that moment from one where, you know, it's, it's kind of torturous to changing everybody's mood. So that's really good. Okay, so we did time, we did space, permission. So what would you say about permission around play? I think, first of all, it feels important to give permission not to be perfect. I think uh, this is 
generally true, um, no matter what topic we're speaking on, but a lot of the permission that I feel uh, grown-ups need is that you don't have to be perfect, and you're not going to be. And all the better if you can embrace that uh, and see it as the way it is rather than something that you're fighting to avoid. Mm-hmm. And that you are different than other people. Your family is your family, and you're learning how how to be, and that that can change, that you don't have to be hard and fast on things, that mm-hmm. it's your family's going to change and grow. So permission to see what's happening and to act on that. Um, I think that people are, you know, they feel like there's one way to do things. I think that mm-hmm. in this country especially, it sort of feels like the general ideas. Well, there's the one way to do it. And and that's so not true. So to give yourself permission to find the way that works for you. Mm-hmm. I would add permission to have feelings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there are going to be times when your child is obsessed with a certain kind of play. And Play Legos with me. Play Legos with me. Come on, Mommy. You you know, here, you can be the blue robot and I'll be the red robot. Here, oh, no, you can't use the yellow Legos. It has to be, the, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Where they have all of the rules. They are very much a tyrant in this game. And you actually can give yourself permission to say, I don't want to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to end the world, actually. Right. You know, their their other playmates will do that. And you being honest rather than gritting your teeth Ooh, and yeah. playing, you know, one more tea party <laughs> with the baby dolls, you know, <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a positive thing. Yeah. So be honest. Their playmates will, you know, our job is not to, to make their world perfect. It's for it to be real, for them to gain the tools to, to move through life with ease. Yes, and to know that, even if you disagree with them or you don't like what they want to play, that you, they are okay and that you are okay. Yeah. So Life so, goes on. So much around permission. You know, it, it's, it's I, 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 you know, the more we talk about it now, I'm thinking, yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah. So now to the language piece. Mm-hmm. So you've got some good examples of the language. Well, piece. I just said one, which is, I don't want to play that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think uh, it, it is so neutral and uh, and true. And that's really what we're aiming for with all communication with children. We want to be honest. We want to be kind and firm and honest. And to, to say, and uh, the important thing is not to wait until you're you know you're ready to scream mm-hmm. it's to be honest so when something starts not feeling okay you're modeling you know like hey you know what i'm done playing with this i i just don't want to do it anymore mm-hmm. um you can do this or that i'm going to go i need to go and start dinner mm-hmm. this is another one that i love that you taught me let's say we've got a big drop cloth over the dining room table and your child is in their yes space and they are just playing away and they really want you to play with them. They really want you to be the princess and they're going to be the (laughs) queen and that isn't in the cards 
right just then. So you can say, you know, oh, wow, I wonder what the queen will do while I'm making dinner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't have to play. And uh, beyond that, you don't have to apologize for it. That feels like the most important thing to emphasize. That I think, yes, you're right. You can just say, I, I'm not going to play that right now. I know that you're really enjoying that game. Like, wow, what will you come up with next? Even if that is deeply disappointing to them, even if they cry, even if they yell because you are not doing what they want. You can see how ridiculous it seems to zoom out a little and imagine doing everything that your child asks you to mm-hmm. when they ask you to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can take a breath, be honest, make a statement, don't put... I'm so, I'm sorry, but even like the tone of the voice mm-hmm. is really important. Like, I oh, know, baby. yeah, I wish I could play with you, but I have to make dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So the yeah. tone. Um, so we hope that these, this framework helps you. It helps us all the time. Lindsay and I use it in our, in, in our work relationship yes. and our personal relationship too. It's, it's, a, it's pretty, pretty fun. And I feel it helps me access my higher levels of thinking. It's it's something that seems so obvious when you say these words. It's like, yeah, time, space, language, the things you say. Like mm-hmm. it's it seems so obvious and yet we get caught up in those big emotions and we lose track of our tools. So this is we hope uh, a starting point for getting that toolkit fortified so that you have more resources available to you when you reach these sticky moments. Yep. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to share your thoughts or feelings with us, you can send us an email at lindsay at sunflowercreativearts.org. Or find us on Instagram, where we share lots of wonderful tips and tools and strategies on being with children. That's at Sunflower Creative Arts. The Sunflower Bridge podcast is kindly sponsored by Schweitzer Musical Productions.